Hey, listener, we've made some changes to our Patreon campaign, and we're really excited about them. Go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv to see what the new tiers are and uh, maybe help us out a little bit. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thanks. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. In his time, Master Lagarius led his executioners into Canehurst Castle to cleanse it of the vile bloods. But all did not go well, and Master Lagarius became a blessed anchor, guarding us from evil. Tragic, tragic times, that Master Lagarius should be abandoned in the accursed domain of the vile bloods. I must free him, so that he may be properly honored in martyrdom. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Corey Banks. And you're listening to Bonfire Side Chat. It is a beastly favorite. Yes, and this week we are continuing our discussion of Bloodborne after a little Dark Souls 2 uh, detour by talking about the Forsaken Castle Canehurst. And as you heard, we are joined by Corey Banks from the Gamers with Jobs podcast. Thank, thank you for joining us, Corey. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, super so, yeah, so I'm I'm very excited, to, super excited to have you. Can you uh, tell people who uh, who are listening, um, just basically uh, what you do, and then also um, kind of go into your history <laughs> with souls and, mm-hmm. and how you got into that. What I do, what I do is sometimes I talk into a microphone with my friends at the Gamers with Jobs conference call and pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> they call that podcasting. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, let's see. Gamers with Jobs is a, a internet community. Uh, founded like 13, 14 years ago uh, for quote unquote mature video game players and not in like the creepy porn way, but like in in like uh, people who actually have money to spend. And really the problem is they don't have enough time to play games. Uh, best community in the world, I think. Please go there. Gamerswithjobs.com and, and play lots of games with us. Um, and we do a podcast every Wednesday uh, where we talk about stuff. My history with the Souls series is kind of interesting in that we... Uh, we started talking about demon souls and dark souls on the show uh, when our, our uh, the founder of Gamers Who Jobs, uh, Sean Andrich, was getting into them. Uh, and the first time I tried playing Dark Souls, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> uh, did not see the appeal. And it took when the game came out on PC and me kind of really getting easing, easing into it and ha- having someone kind of show me the, a little bit of the ropes before I got hooked. Um, I so I've played I've played Demon Souls. Uh, I've played Dark Souls. I've played uh, Dark Souls 2. When I was managing editor at PC Gamer, uh, uh, I did a whole bunch of Dark Souls 2 coverage, wrote the review, read a whole bunch of reviews on the DLC. Um, I was the guy they would make fun of because they they were playing like Arma and like big, <laughs> crazy PC games. And I was like, but guys, you could plug a controller into your personal computer and play Dark Souls. Uh, uh, and then... Uh, Bloodborne, which came out uh, this year, and, and I, I bought a PS4 for, and kind of introduced some people to. And I think it's a, uh, I think it's it's an interesting spin on that Soul series, and it definitely feels very Souls. You know, it definitely mm-hmm. definitely feels like that same sort of uh, game, but it's both easier and harder in a lot of ways. And so uh, I I've kind of been preaching the gospel ever since, and getting people into it, and 
I know I have friends who have uh, purchased PS4s uh, just to play this game, and now that they're done with it, like they don't know what to do because they want to buy PCs. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 a game. I said this a few times, but like it, it is a game that has taught me the real life skill of patience. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I don't have a ton of, but it's it, it took playing Dark Souls and really taking my time and being okay with dying and letting go. <laughs> And understanding that those souls are just going to be gone now uh, for me to really start thinking about patience as an actual virtue. So can you name a specific moment where you where where you lost that attachment? Uh, Dark Souls one undead uh, uh, undead parish undead. It's after the first boss. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So the parish after the Tartarus demon, you're you're in the parish. And I just specifically remember, like, I had all those souls. (laughs) <laughs> from from the first from the first boss and i was so proud of myself and then got got wiped out by the dragon by the the uh, wyvern that's sitting on the bridge and I just thought mm-hmm. that's all gone because <laughs> i i'm not going to be able to get those souls again and like i even remember trying to inch my way over there and like <laughs> having like a a 30 minute session of just trying to get to where my corpse had been and before i just gave up i was like i don't need those it's okay to let go. And there's something very Zen-like about that, which is strange in a game that's supposed to depress the hell out of you. But <laughs> I, it's, you know, I, I have that strange connection to the games since then. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fairly, I, th- I think that's common. I think a lot of people um, get that from these games. Like an, an acceptance of death is definitely a, a big kind of overarching theme of, of the series. Uh, like, like losing as progress, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, there are... And there are there aren't a lot of games. I guess there are more now, but there aren't a lot of games where it is okay to sacrifice a, a run simply so you can explore an area yep. or or get an item. Like when you run into uh oh, there's a there's a couple of areas. Like when you take the the back end out to uh where, where, Blight Town, like Blight Town, mm-hmm. and yeah. you, you get the dragon from the the undead, or you get the items from the undead dragon, and yeah. and he kills you, and you know you're gonna die, but you get those items anyway. Yeah. Uh, there's there's just a lot of great design lessons that can be picked up from that, and I, it, it's it's good to see those design lessons being carried over to other games now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also just an interesting way of thinking about, you know, how to play through a game. I yeah. don't know. I, this all sounds like I'm so far up my own ass when talking about it, though. <laughs> you, you, Honestly, yeah, that, we, we do that. Like yeah. that, we we are often up our own asses. On the show, that is a there, there's some real uh, some real wankery that goes People on. People don't know like there's it, a bonfire up there. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you only have to get part way through at a time. The doctor yeah. says I should be concerned, but I'm like, fuck you. I don't have to be concerned until I'm forty. Um, <laughs> the, there you go. The, then it's your finger. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, No, I I think that that's uh, I think that's uh, very true of, of both of us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the um, so cool. Uh, what did we do last time? Here well, previously, um, it, it was it was a little while ago, but we uh, fought our way through the forbidden woods and found the uh, <laughs> sorry and found the abandoned college at Bergenworth uh, before plunging into the lake and killing Rom, the vacuous uh, vacuous spider, a godlike being who was holding back the pale blood moon. Now, before venturing into the transformed city of Yarnum, it is time to accept a cryptic invitation to Castle Kane. Hurst. And then I'll put yeah. in some spooky haunted house sounds there. And the uh, is this your edit or my edit? It's my edit. <laughs> okay. Um, the uh, uh, I thought you were volunteering me to nope. whip out my like Doctor Spookula's <laughs> Good Time Horror CD. Um, 
<laughs> You're always so eager other times. Yeah, I know. I just I, uh, I almost hope the edit doesn't happen now and you guys just discuss the edit. Now I'm just trying to be like <laughs> That happens also a lot. The, um, awesome. So so people who are, are listening um are probably thinking like, oh, a lot of stuff happened with the Pale Blood Moon. Um we're gonna cover a lot of that next episode. Um, because Kanehurst is a pretty self-contained area and we want to kind of keep it that way. So there are a lot of changes that happen um in the the Blood Moon. But we're going to go over that next time. Yeah. When we actually end up back in Yarnum. This is way back um, when we did the uh, Forbidden Woods and uh, we got the summons from the imposter Yosefka's uh, clinic, um, formerly Yosefka's clinic, <laughs> uh, which I like, I really want to like, it just made me think of like imposter Arby's, formerly Arby's or something <laughs> like that. That's <laughs> um, well, still beef. Yeah, why, why am I sending all these people to the Arby's? They never seem to come back out. <laughs> you go to the arby's and you knock on the door like they don't let you in then it's like oh, you. they just slide you little said... slices of roast beef out under the door like guys, i'm just here the... for the curly fries let me in what's going yeah. on they feed the curly fries to the keyhole yeah. right <laughs> real talk i would do that <laughs> they don't they don't have arby's here where i live now and i would do that if someone had some curly fries <laughs> I wouldn't ask if they're a celestial being in disguise or anything. I'd just be like, give me those fries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sweet, sweet sedative. Um, so K-Nurse K- is interesting because this is uh, definitely an optional area that has its own kind of vibe to it. And it's related to the main story, but tangentially. Um, so what, what Kanehurst is, is the, uh, well, be real quick, be, well, no, we, you have a getting there thing because I wanted to talk about like, how the invitations. Oh, yeah. Speculation. yeah. But, um, so what Kainers is, is this, uh, I get the impression, an older kingdom yeah. than Yarnum uh, due to architecture. And uh, the item descriptions say that they have a nostalgic and bombastic style, uh, which I like. <laughs> and uh, at some point, a, a Bergenworth scholar defected to Kainhurst and took the secret of blood healing with them, which started this kind of arms race or at least animosity yes. uh, between the two groups. <laughs> so this decadent nobility over at Kanehurst, they, you know, bought into this blood economy like we found in Yardum and Old Yardum and what have you. Uh, and they started using kind of more tainted versions of the blood, according to some, to some of the uh, item descriptions and also some some of the uh, dialogue, which uh, turned them into different kind of beasts than those that were found elsewhere. Uh, were, were, I'm kind of led to believe. Yeah, there's, there's kind of two major theories as to what's going on with Kanehurst. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is that it's, we talked about uh, the Witch of Hemwick doing kind of a corrupted or uh, backwards version of what the church was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. And then the other theory that you'll find online is that they are descendants of the Thumerians. Yeah, like this is yeah. this is a branch of the Thumerians that uh, kind of broke up from uh, underground. Yeah, um, from, from from under the the labyrinth and became kind of this this splinter sect, which people point to the designs of some of the enemies here uh, to kind of justify that. Yeah, I I can kind of I don't have a conclusive answer for that. Mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have one thing. Feels that like I... a stretch to me. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be very I don't want to be super political about this, but like it just seems like it. Why why would you leave underground and then go above ground? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, the uh, I kind of well, buy the fir- the first theory more. I, I can see the second one mostly just because they talk about um, I can't remember which item it is, but there's some item that talks about them being familiar with it from long ago. Yeah. Um, in some version that predated. I think that's the term like the beast plague. Yeah. Um, but like the the I, the enemy, you know, looking the same, like if you're if your evidence is that something is tall and gaunt. 
Yeah. And it's in this game. Like, there's a lot of tall gaunt mm-hmm. yeah. things going and, on in this game. And also the statues that are around there don't have the same proportions um, that the Thumerians seem to have. Yeah. Um, like kind of the, the, like the statues of the nobility. They don't kind of look like the, 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 the scream. Um, a yeah. little bit, although there is kind of a weird connection between like the Ring of Betrothal and Annalise, which we'll talk about later. It it is. It, I don't know if it's a connection between the the ring or just the fact that she's like the lady who's still around at this point. Mm, yeah, like it's it's a it's a weird thing. But that ring is is such a <laughs> such an odd um, and got every. I was thinking about it today. I really don't want one of those weird dead ends to lead into the DLC. <laughs> if they make you have to get the Ring of Betrothal to go into the DLC, Jesus. like fuck you. Like I I do not want it to be related to deep diving and chalices nope because nobody will get to it <laughs> um but it, so the um the canehurst so there are also these knights of canehurst um who were these servants who disposed the beast uh before they could kind of interrupt the luxury of the kingdom and then there are the vile bloods who uh served the nobility and were the nobility um, mm-hmm. um hunting down the blood dregs of hunters for the queen and elise who sought uh, immortality which she ultimately achieved and to kind of become a vessel and have an heir the blood child um, which is more or less kind of a great one. Um, the dregs, it should be noted, if you pick up blood dregs, <laughs> they look like cum. Like, they look like little <laughs> tiny semens. Uh, um, not intentional. We did not plan this years in advance. <laughs> the, no, the makers I, of this game were very, very well uh, adjusted. Yeah. They had no problems whatsoever. <laughs> it is, yeah, because I'm not, I'm not the most mature person, and I just imagine having the discussion about this. It's like, oh, this vampire is going to send you out to collect gum. And just be like, you know, not, you know, and just take that 100% seriously and just be like, oh, yeah, great. That's pretty cool. Vampires are collecting gum. I love it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I spent, I met some vampires last weekend, and they, they didn't give, they didn't say cum necessarily. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, they said it's spunk, more, but the, it's the, still the, the pallid I, gift. Yes, yeah. the, the, the ivory icor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Why are you being so mysterious? And can I turn the lights on?" Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's so. I don't want to jump ahead here, but like the, the vile bloods as as these vampires, like there's no. There, there's no real explanation for how they became vampires, is there? I mean, aside from the fact that everybody's drinking blood at all times and they're they're just kind of pursuing it in the way that makes it seem like the most like the Eastern European vampires were kind of used to for media. But like, OK, but every like you said, everybody's drinking blood in this game. Mm hmm everybody's getting their blood on so how specifically did, did the vile bloods become vampires and how did annalise become you know immortal i have no i idea. might be raising questions for which yeah. we will have answers later on stop there, me there, there's no answer to how that i can find as to why annalise is immortal um you know even if she is like an ancient thumerian like you can go down and just straight up kill thumerians yeah right she is you know she's the unkillable character in the game really mm-hmm. um so i don't know why she's immortal it's weird um and that thro- that, that throws that a little bit of a wrench into the, the this is thumeria thing for me yeah as well. totally yeah. yeah so even though these vile bloods and kane hurst and you know, everything kind of had the same goals and a little bit of the same mo of the healing church the choir the school of mensis etc uh they were doing it wrong according to the mainline um sect of yarnum so these executioners were sent out uh by the healing church led by martyr logarius uh, to kind of cleanse the vile bloods uh, from Caners. But uh, Annalise is still alive in this blighted castle, and nobody knows what became of Logarius. We're going to find out later on in the episode, but uh, that's kind of the stasis that we arrive at. And and some of the chronology is weird here, too, because the executioners definitely predate the Healing Church. Mm-hmm. 
even though they may have existed at the same time, there's like some note where it says the healing church's outfits are based on the executioner's outfits. Mm -hmm. Um, So the executioners, where they fit in other than just their relationship to Kanehurst, I don't really know. And all that lends this to being a really kind of self-contained area. Like there are threads, but it doesn't, it feels the most like a Dark Souls 2 DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say, I had vibes when I was playing through Kanehurst that this it was definitely a, a part of another game that had been grafted onto this. And mm-hmm. I, this, I don't say that as a complaint because it is seriously one of the best areas in a Souls game. But <laughs> it, it, it the, the feel is just different enough that it's almost like you are, you're, you're getting a preview of, of what uh uh, maybe like a demon souls 2 could have been you know <laughs> yeah yeah totally this feels like um like a demon souls level or like similar to the painted world which also felt like a, a demon souls level right. and at times reminds me of uh castlevania yeah. down to there being flea men <laughs> like there exactly. being little fencing flea men that are oh, feel like a direct castlevania reference <laughs> you fight a skeleton with a scythe yeah <laughs> yeah the skeleton pulls up on a cycle <laughs> yeah. i mean that's a, a, that's kind of an interesting theory and i i guess i hadn't really thought of painted world as as like that too but like they it, it feels different enough that maybe it had some direction from a, a slightly different team it could have been used for something else yeah um, and, and kanehurst has the same feel not not to take away from it or to take away from the main bloodborne game because i do also feel like it meshes pretty well thanks to a lot of the the myth and world building that they put into it but Mm -hmm. it it feels like a slightly different adventure Mm -hmm. and that's cool it 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 almost felt like a break from the rest of the main game when i was playing through it and i i enjoyed that a lot although i hate the flea mint (laughs) yeah we um we talked about um that because as bloodborne as much as we both really like it it's so unified and aesthetic that like it does get wearying at a certain point um, you know, just like the the color palette being the same and you spend so much time in the city and just kind of areas around that and they yeah. branch out a little bit. But any this is such a strikingly different aesthetic and color palette that it just feels good mm-hmm. um, to be here. Like this is, you know, this is my favorite area in the game, probably. Um, and I think it's really telling that the reason why it is is because it's so different <laughs> um, yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So uh, I, like we usually do, we have some theses around these. Uh, I kind of broke this this one up into story and play, um, and we can kind of add to these. Uh, but uh, kind of what I got from this is that From hasn't forgotten how to do short stories, kind of as mm. we as we said here, you know, both, you know, looking back to any of the levels from uh, Demon Souls or the Dark Souls 1 DLC, any of the myriad spokes in Dark Souls 2. This is a short story kind of contained within this otherwise very kind of holistic work right Mm -hmm. um and you know this is kind of just another sect that has the same goals you know that we've seen but they're manifesting in different ways which is something we talked about when we talked about bergenworth college um uh differing from the church etc yeah and and that goes back again to dark souls 2 and like looking at the different kingdoms and how they handle the undead threat Mm-hmm. and stuff which is a very cool way to set up a story if you just introduce kind of an issue and then see how a bunch of different uh cultures deal with it mm-hmm. um and that's you know really neat and then play-wise there are a lot of things kind of hidden in plain sight here um <laughs> this is ambush central um with a couple of different gimmicks yep. for that um all of which i think kind of work like i like fighting all the enemies in this, yeah. this area except possibly the uh the ticks <laughs> creatures in the beginning which i think is a huge difficulty wall <laughs> And the they hardest are, part of they this They are awful level. and they are hard and they are gross. But man, I have <laughs> I've never yelled as loud as I have playing a Souls game <laughs> as when well not not the ticks, but like the, the gargoyles. Mm-hmm. The, oh uh, yeah. The, 
<laughs> oh, what what a well done ambush the first time you're yeah, in. Yep. Those things are called Forgotten Children of Antiquity, <laughs> I think. Are you shitting me? That's what that, that, that is what they are called in the guide. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. Forgotten Child of Antiquity. Yeah, there is no reason for them to be called that. No, well, it just that, again, sounds from game. <laughs> yeah. It just, the I, didn't know that. I have the guide, and I've, I've never really dug through it that much. Mm-hmm. Uh Oh, yeah, man. So, that is just such a well done moment. Some some of the enemies they have really really special names. Yeah, yeah. But like, it just I, I love that hidden in plain sight thing because this is immediately a very foreboding place. You're put off your guard because it's something so new, um, and you know, especially the way you get here is so strange. But like, it, it that kind of abates and the place feels a little bit safe and sterile, right? Mm. But then you just kind of like. You know, you're walking through this place that has more statues than people and like it's just kind of frozen in time and you know you get that am i in, am i am i an intruder here kind of feel yes you are because here's okay. this stuff kind of coming out of the walls to, to 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 get you and stop you how does that contrast with like the first time you walk into majula in in dark souls 2 yeah that yeah, almost feels you... like it's a village kind of like left behind by time almost yeah. Yeah, but in a welcoming sense, it's both the same. Yeah, it's the it's same true. kind of idea. It's like the the pleasure of isolation, <laughs> and the the terror of it, um, kind of put together. How you get here? Um, we're gonna park here for a second because <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, one, uh, finding like an invitation with your name on it from something like this is such a good like fiction hook. Thing like I'm gonna begin all of my Call of Cthulhu tabletop games like this. Like it's so good. Like if you just go into like this haunted clinic and it's like, oh, there's this thing with my name on it. Like that's amazing. And but then you remember, and it they do. It's really clever because it's been so long since you've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, this was probably taken off your person when you got here. Yeah. Like you, this could be while why you're in Yarnum. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it could be. You know, obviously, you were sick. Probably you get the blood treatment in the beginning. But, like, what actually drew you here could be this invitation, you know? And they just, when they they gave you the drug, blood treatment, which, like, erased your memories, you don't come into this knowing, you know, as a character like you do in, in Dark Souls 2. Um, like, this could have brought you here. Uh, Annalise is fishing for people to do this this work for her. Yeah. You know? Um, and and ultimately, we find out, get her out, <laughs> you know, or uh, or make her, make her free. Um, but it's just so cool. Like find, Oh, this has my name on it. That's so weird. Yeah. You know, that's great. Um, and that's not even the fucking, is it metal? The fact that you come in an undead drawn carriage through the sky. (laughs) Well, so I forgot that I picked up the summons. And so I'm just kind of going through and just doing like a little bit of farming and hemweight because that's a really good place to get a bunch of blood vials. This is back pre patch before you could really, really stock up. And, um, I guess I just triggered it at some point and then I walked down and then this is one of those moments kind of like getting picked up by the amygdala or whatever like just there 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 are a couple of a couple of those were uh, the way i described it was oh this just blew the back of my head off yeah because yeah. i have no idea what the rules are or what the what the size and shape of this is anymore and the other thing that's really interesting here to me is that how how optional the area is because i mean it's it's totally optional to go into the back room and get that summons <laughs> too. like you really have to explore to get there you've got to be willing to like go down a path that you absolutely do not need to go down and is dangerous as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Hemwick, two, it's two levels of hidden. Hemwick is yeah. technically optional too. So three levels. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. I, um, I felt like I got led into Hemwick a lot easier. Hmm. Like I, oh, yeah. and, and I, and I feel, I feel like I explored at least part of it before I went into the back of the clinic. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but for I, sure. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Like the moment, the moment you 
you explore the the area and then you the the carriage shows up that's that's just a what the fuck moment it's so great <laughs> it's yeah it's it's really good um and then like god the detail of when you arrive and the horses being dead <laughs> that's so creepy and cool and they're not just dead like you know they, they've they, been they, dead forever yeah <laughs> they, they, like they're, they're they're frozen a because it's winter what it's winter weird <laughs> uh but they're also desiccated <laughs> and uh completely like picked over yeah, you have no idea, like, I, I, I got the impression that time had passed or I was <laughs> traveling through time um, yeah. just because I keep, I'm, you know, used to that as a thing. But it's just like, oh, these things, I knew they were undead when they first came there. So dying doesn't actually, you know, rotting does not have the mark of time mm-hmm. attached to it necessarily. But um, I was just like, oh, they've been, they've frozen to death. <laughs> like they've said, you know, they got here and and when I've got out of this this carriage, time has passed. It's, it's only in a Souls game that you'd look at a carriage, you know, drawn by these undead, frozen over horses. You go, yeah, let's take a ride. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Right. It sounds like, good. Well, I could call an Uber. Or I could get in this carriage. <laughs> I, I want to get everywhere this way. Like, anytime, anytime I can, like, travel, I want to find an invitation with my name on it and then have. Okay. Here, here's the thing. Do you want to do, do you want it exactly this this way, or do you want it the same way? Except when it pulls up, a skeletal hand extends from like the window of a of a cockpit you can't get into, and does like the one finger beckoning. Oh. Well, no, like because <laughs> like, I was I was on I was on board up until that last bit. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to do that, but I wanted to blast Kanye too. Like, I'm yeah. <laughs> Is that I, maybe that's off brand? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And if, we, if we we should all move to San Francisco and make a really disruptive app that summons a skeletal carriage. We're not that far from that, actually. Like, there's Uber, there's Lyft, and then there's un, un, unmanned, horse-drawn, undead carriage. Okay, wait a minute. What if we disrupt the hearse industry? Yeah. <laughs> you never know when you need a hearse. Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm, I'm, just, to, I'm just saying. I'm trying like... to imagine what the app's going to look like for this. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be depressing as fuck. It's going to look like 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 a 1997 GeoCities with like rotating skulls. Yeah. Blink tag. Yeah. Blink, blink tag skull. I love mm-hmm. it. No, but it's not, it's not for carrying bodies around. Like something, you know, you just get in there. It's kind of like a stretch limo. You know, maybe you're back there, you fuck for a bit, and then you get out and you're on the other side of town. And yeah, then if you pay a little bit extra, you can get the Dragula from uh for, from from the yeah. monsters yeah uh, undead undead carriage yeah take me to the hot topic let's go yeah. <laughs> you've always been there uh, <laughs> so, why do i hear the rattling of chains that's just my wallet yeah. <laughs> yeah, i'm in a band he's a flyer you, but um, you are absolutely right in that in that the the whole experience of just getting to canehurst mm-hmm. is is a so radically different from the rest of the game, and and B such a such a WTF moment. Mm-hmm. It, and it's one of my favorite things, things that yeah. make no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 get you get into this thing and it's just awesome. It's <laughs> just you're you're overwhelmed by. It. And I really love the art direction of of the ride over. You know, <laughs> yeah. it just it puts you in a different space. Yeah, um, it's it's super good. It's one of my favorite moments in the game for sure. Um, and when you get out in the courtyard, it's kind like, of a I bummer just... you can only do it. I'm sorry, it, you, it's kind oh, of a bummer you can only do it yeah. once. Yeah. Well, there's YouTube. Yeah. With... Yeah. Yeah. But like it, the the downside of like being able to to fast travel as easily in the game is that you don't mm-hmm. you don't get those moments. And yeah, maybe to get old after a while. Yeah. But when I went back to replay through this area, I couldn't revisit that unless I had oh, started yeah. character. Yeah. That's a little bit of a bummer. There's actually, I just found this out um, from looking online for trivia stuff, but you can actually cut yourself off from this area entirely mm-hmm. if you don't light that first lamp. 
and then uh, die wow. on Logarius. Oh, because, wow. And, or, I mean, this might have been like pre-patched. Like they might have patched it. Mm-hmm. But initially that would happen because the carriage would not come again. And uh, if you... Uh, even or even not even just if you die from Logarius, even if you kill Logarius and then light that torch, mm-hmm. you can't backtrack from Logarius. So you can actually cut off the entire level. Oh, you get uh, locked in that area. boss area. Yeah, because you, yeah. you have to do that little drop down to get down there. Huh. Um, yeah, just a, a, I don't even know why I brought that up. It's um, like it, it seemed to make sense <laughs> no, at the it's, time. It's, well, but it's, it it just shows that there's like whatever you're doing in this in this specific area you're committing to it and yeah i appreciate it when you buy it's so optional that you could totally screw it up and never see it again yeah um so let's talk about this difficulty wall that is the courtyard uh (laughs) which i think i think these enemies these blood liquor things are among the hardest of enemies in the game yeah i've never successfully killed one Oh wow! <laughs> Wait, really? I, I wouldn't quite as far as say that, but no, no, I do I'm, find I'm, them really hard. I'm serious. I've just like I've I I fought them a bunch of times. I even did it here for the show, and like I just I got one down to about maybe a quarter, and it's like you know what, this actually isn't worth it. Yeah, you can you can <laughs> avoid them. Yeah. Um, uh, and- so the blood. Uh, just so we're clear, these are the ones that jump and have the giant like bloodsucker things, or are these yeah. the really small snake things? No, these no, are, no, no, the yeah. big guys, the guys with the descended so the big blood guys, I mean, I I actually. Once I finally got to comfortable killing them, I I was farming them at that point in the game. Mm. Oh wow! Um, uh, it, it it took a while, and it was not like a plus perfect. There were a couple of times when I definitely died, but I kind of forced myself to to learn their patterns and figure out how I could react to those with the the gear that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it turned out to to get me you know quite a lot of blood shards. Mm, uh, yeah, they they're still like. I mean, I still think they're they are a terrifying enemy, and they're definitely mm-hmm. one of the hottest game though. It's the, it's they're so aggressive, and they can stun lock you. If you met in my experience, if I can sidestep that first jump, I'm golden, and yeah. can usually combo them to death. If I don't, then they usually combo me to death. And they're um, just gross. Yeah, they've got that long well, hair. I mean, cool. did you, you, you find take the a way... moment and you think about like what they're doing to you when they kill you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's They're... that's the really disturbing part of that monster design. <laughs> one of my yeah. one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite words, exsanguinate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you, if you've never fought them, cool. Did you go to the corner where there's the one that's not non aggressive? Yeah. 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 Yes. The, the, well, it's not non aggressive. It can't attack you because it's too full on blood. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's like like that, a tick. that one is great. If you if you kill it, then it just explodes and there's a huge <laughs> yeah. blood stain on the ground that stays it's like. A... like it's like a weird metaphor for all the characters in the game, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that so much. Like, I just too I lo- full, can't fight. I, <laughs> I love the <laughs> I love to get over here. <laughs> like, I just I love the idea that this like this may be what the what the Kanehurst uh, residence became. Yeah, like I I oh. love that the, that this might have been the like their version of beastliness. Everything right? here uh, was once human. Mm-hmm. you know and uh you know it, it does feel like it was their version of, of beastliness like mm-hmm. the same thing kind of depending on how you're you're exposed to it you know mm-hmm. like uh, the different kinds of blood could have a different effect yeah. the only uh, thing you know. that throws a little bit of a wrench into that is the fact is the presence of those little parasite worms actually down that little crevasse which yeah. uh those those are linked to loran and also to kind of the loran silver beast which we're going to find later i don't quite know how to square those away uh, the, remind yeah. me what the loran what who loran was uh, that's one of the Thumerian towns. That's a chalice dungeon uh, okay. kind of place. Uh, and it's, it, like... it's the first one that fell to the scourge, I think. Yeah, right. Okay. It was Loren, um, and that that gives this more connection to Thumeria. If you want to go go that route too. Mm-hmm. The fact In that some ways, the parasite larvae were uh, because they're 
absolutely optional in this area, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, just down that pit. <laughs> wouldn't 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 be a Souls game unless I was like, hey, I can go kill that and then <laughs> yeah. I die multiple yeah. times. Or, and they were super frustrating too. Uh, yeah. Well, they well their hitbox is so small, and they do right. so much damage immediately. Yeah. 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 Those those things are, those things are, are frustrating to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is actually something that's worth picking up. Like we I've talked about how I think Bloodborne has a treasure problem a bunch of times, but this thing down in the ravine is a really good blood gem. Yeah. And is worth picking up. Um, you're not gonna go through all that strum and drang just to get numbing mist. Yeah. You know, which I could also see them doing. Um, There's almost no way to go down there and get that without being surprised and likely killed by them. Well, they, they come out of the walls. Like they yeah. actually come out of yeah. little holes in the wall. Um, and they're, which is and they're so hard to see that, like, especially depending on how you're, you're specced or like how you're leveled, like mm-hmm. you may not even before before you find them, they may, they may kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I love the uh, the visual design of the outside of this castle too, because we've already we've already kind of like walked up this big grand hallway that feels like the outside of a Liam Lois. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, now we're in this courtyard and I can't like just overstate enough. It's awesome that this game has a has a winter stage. You know? Yeah, I, lo- I love snow levels yeah. just like how they look. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the empty fountain that's full of skeletons. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> um, but I also like that just this is so hostile, both visually, thematically um, and kind of from a gameplay stance because of these just fucking flea tick things that, yeah. that like I'm making a, you know, <laughs> one or two de- deaths in, I'm making a beeline for this door to, you know, because that, that feels safe, which when have you ever felt safe running into a castle in dark souls? Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, but it's interesting. Cause once you get in there, like it is kind of safe yep. for a while, the way that the contrast with this hall where things are not aggressive until you are here, which is really cool because when you get into this hall, um, it's kind of business as usual. Like it's this huge gothic hall. There are candles burning on the ground, and there are these little servants like just scrubbing it. Uh, you know, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Cane her servants, um, but the uh, things don't aren't don't attack you until you actually get close to them or attack them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty Although great. I, re- I seem to remember when you walk in there that like you immediately hear some some noises that do not. You hear make sobbing. Any yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I and I, I just had that feeling like uh, as I approached and I heard I heard the sobbing and the crying which I mean, we're gonna get to in a second but like seeing the cane servant you're like is is that is that the thing that's sad is that the thing that's crying like should mm-hmm. I should I approach that and, and I've had shitty jobs too. Alone. <laughs> yeah. like, you know I I know what it's like to just like I don't want to do this job yeah, yeah. go home play Mario Maker I want to all day every day <laughs> yeah like, fun fun fact if you plug in the uh, the headset that comes with the PS4 and you say you missed a spot the entire castle aggros yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm gonna be that guy is that for real no, no no <laughs> sorry damn it oh wouldn't the world be just a little bit more magical it really would That's, man what if there that would be a really weird way to hide things in this game yep it says it says a lot that i wouldn't i didn't put that past from at all like i thought yeah that's, that's possible they do that you have to propose to annalise yourself like you have to give the ring yeah. while simultaneously saying will you marry me and then it happens um oh boy um so yeah so this is just full of full of these servants which scrub and they'll these guys are not hard to fight no um these first versions but they come in later variations and then ghost and we've seen ghost and these are kind of a mix between the ghost we've seen before in the game where you cannot lock onto them if you're a certain distance from them right 
Um, so it's a little bit like the low visibility that we saw a lot in Dark Souls 2 and uh, the intangibleness that we saw in uh, New Londo yeah. back in Dark Souls 1. So a couple things about the designs on these ghosts. Um, they are very tall and very gaunt, uh, giving them kind of a Thumerian appearance. Um, and they are blindfolded, uh, at least the ones that have their heads. Um, I believe even the decapitated ones are blindfolded as well. In contrast to the um, in contrast to the statues we see, which are the only statues in the game really um, by a wide margin that are not you know they don't have their eyes obscured, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, their hands are bound, just like the uh, the you know Yarnum is you know the, yeah the one female Thumerian that we see and fight later in the game. Um, so that is another thing that people, that people tend to kind of point to for the connection. I like the idea, well, it's horrible, but I like the idea that as the agents of the church went through kind of killing everybody, like the knights, they went down, you know, fighting for the cause. And so they, they're not going to linger around. Right. But the, but the women, you know, they're innocent. The women and children are innocent. And kind of after they were killed, they were, you know, they, they had their eyes obscured because, Hey, we're a church. We do that. Right. Yeah, and, and had that, their hands and, bound so they couldn't couldn't so, escape, and they died that way. Yeah, and so yeah. and so like the, the, that's how it came back was like this weird conversion to their way of not needing eyes. Yeah, that makes that makes sense, and then they just detect you now because they have mm-hmm. ghost powers. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes that makes sense. I like that a lot mm-hmm. um, because we we as we'll find out later, the executioners have already run rampant through here, mm-hmm. um, so they they have more or less conquered this place um even though it doesn't seem like it (laughs) right um and you know despite the fact that this is the site of you know a kind of genocide it is it it is uh squeaky clean because of these servants like this this appears then you know the candles are lit the floors are shiny it's very romantic yeah so Um, so (laughs) hang on the executioners have gone through they've run rampant in this place they've killed a lot of people they left the servants to clean (laughs) <laughs> yeah well I, no, it's but, like, but cool seriously, where they're not, like that's yeah. kind of fucked up well, or they or they <laughs> or the servants like were just not not murdered because they were below you know all yeah. the vile bloods and the like were murdered mm-hmm. the women and, and servants were left because they're yeah. not warriors real talk those servants have probably tasted a little bit of blood too <laughs> that's probably true yeah. I don't think um, it's fair to say that there there's no one that's innocent in this game <laughs> I, I, I feel like they probably are scrub, scrubbing the floor with blood yeah like, probably yeah. So it's not clean uh, at all. That's super, that's super cootie. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not cool. Yeah. But, you know, if you're not going to brush your teeth, at least rinse your mouth out with blood. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I never, I never once felt like I had too much of a problem with the, the castle spirits. Uh, and, and as, as we talk about some of them later on, like I, I, I thought all the encounters that you have with them are, are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you referenced the kind of the low visibility stuff from Dark Souls 2. And that's one of, I, I know Dark Souls 2 doesn't have like the biggest reputation in the world for the Souls games, but like I love that area. Yeah. yeah. I love the way that it was designed. And so uh, playing playing with that perception of like you can't see something, but you know it's there, and then suddenly it shows up. <laughs> it, the the first few times it makes that really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then as we get as we get deeper into the castle, like I think there's even some variance there that really works every time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like and, and we're both big defenders of of ds2 in general and also like that mechanic yep. a lot like we talked about in the show mm-hmm. we're, we're on the same page there um what they do mostly here is they just tempt you into killing servants like there will be a ghost <laughs> near a servant mm-hmm. and if you kill the servant because you can lock on to him the ghost comes up but none of them are hard nope. and this entire area is not known for its difficulty kind of until the boss which is a fun fight but took me a while yeah um to, to defeat him um 
the so one not, the yeah. one thing that's tricky about the ghosts especially you know like like even here early on uh before we get to some of the more design encounters is that there are always more of them around you than you think yeah right? and so if you're not entirely aware then you can't find yourself surrounded yeah, yeah. But it's always easy. They move really slow. They mm -hmm. telegraph their attacks really, really clearly. Yeah. Like you can always just back up and and take a moment to heal. Yeah. Like during the entire, even when they literally surround you, it's it's <laughs> trivial to get around them. Yeah. Um, you get an item here. You get the, the I've never really spent any time with the writer Palask. Palask. Writer Palask. Uh, yeah. Right. Writer Palask, um, which is a gun blade. Mm -hmm. um, which is the uh, one of the Kanehurst kind of weapons. Yeah. Um, more notable than that weapon, which it's it's pretty neat. It's uh, like everything here you, you get here kind of scales with blood tinge uh, a little mm -hmm. bit, so it's good for those builds. Uh, but the fact that you get it out of a chest is super weird to me. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> there are not chests in this game. There um, are a bunch of them here, though. Yep. Like weirdly enough, like there are. I mean, there are chests in this game, but there aren't very many. Mm -hmm. Again, it makes have... it makes me think a lot about this being an area that could have been part of Demon Souls Two. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> If if you if you want to believe in a world where that was actually being designed at some point, yeah, yeah, like this is this, it, this starts leading a lot of of credence to that. Not a not a weapon that I've used a whole lot because I don't have a ton of uh, experience with with blunt blood tinge even on the characters that I've started with it. Like I just never. Yeah, because why? Why would you? Like you, you have to wait until you get to Kanehurst for anything but to it, open up, <laughs> right? But it, but if you watch if you watch people playing with those kind of builds, it does seem like a really interesting weapon to use. Yeah. It's it's the thing I read a lot is that it's good if you're using a non-standard offhand weapon. So yeah. like I use the, a cannon on my current character and and a torch. So I don't do and I switch to a gun only when I know I'm going to be doing visceral attacks. Um, so this allows you to do visceral attacks and interrupts while not while still having a torch and flamethrower or cannon right. or uh, rosemarius um, equipped in your in your hand. So it's like that that's a big reason why people people like it that I've read online. Um, but I've never done a blood tinge build and, and my, you know, I don't think builds are different enough in, in Bloodborne to really want to go through the whole game to try to try to make one. Um, sure. I, my, my personal prejudice. One mm -hmm. of the things about when you uh, get upstairs, though, and this is this is something that I love, <laughs> is you go into the side room, the banquet room, um, which the banquet room, there's no food on these tables. <laughs> it's all like statuary and riches and the like. Yeah. It's weird, like because when you first go through it, it reads as a banquet, and you're like, okay, this is where somebody was eating here, but they're all eating fucking candelabras and stuff. <laughs> like it's like they just laid out a dining table with riches, like they're dragons. They got, they got yeah. so drunk on blood, they're just like, fuck it, we're gonna eat this too. I'll eat a goddamn it's ruby. Food. I don't give a shit. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, dare me to. Okay. That feels like the second Kanye reference. Like, I'm, <laughs> so I'm just gonna eat a ruby. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's so creepy. Mm -hmm. You know, like a dining table laid out with inedible things. Mm -hmm. That's up there with like my just that's a, that's a shortcut to to horror for me. Yeah, like that's a creepy idea. And, and if and if you're looking at it as less of like a uh, like, huh, I wonder what they were doing with all that. And that this was just kind of like set up for a banquet that was interrupted when the executioners decided to wreck shop. Yeah, like you know, the food was there and it was about ready to be brought out, but there was the slaughter. You know, or if it wasn't food, maybe this is uh, the executioners like divvying up loot or like oh. doing inventory. I mean, yeah. it could have been repurposed by them. Yeah, yeah, you divide, I split, or I, I yeah, you split, I take, I choose. Yeah. But on, but on first glance, it's just so many things that don't add up that just makes it so strange and yeah it's subtly like you off. can't look away, but you're horrified by it. <laughs> well, yeah. there are also um, th th there are also portraits. 
um, yeah. on the walls, some of which people have surmised is actually Annalise holding her daughter, which may or may not be Ariana. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that I've read in a couple of places. I don't know if it's a bunch of people um, kind of citing one particular source. Uh, we know from Ariana's dress that she may have lineage in Kanehurst that may or may not be uh, kind of related to, you know, just the fact that they had that they already had this dress, and you know, let's just put it on her yeah. because that's what you want her to look look like. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to believe. So I have a thing. I have a thing where like fictions just become too small and yep. everything is so connected yeah i just simply don't want to believe that to be true mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean well the other thing if you wanted to you know make a wild supposition which like my opinion i i don't disagree with you Corey. like i also yeah. will sometimes get feel like that about things i don't but, want things to be too pat i agree yeah, yeah i don't want things to, yeah i don't want things to be too pat i also think it's fun to kind of go in the weeds a little bit mm-hmm. as long as you just kind of take it with a grain of salt and like another thing is that uh uh ariana um, also gives birth to like a moon child mm-hmm. kind of thing. And we get this idea that Annalise wants that. And maybe she can't because of this like mask mm-hmm. thing that she's forced to wear. Um, or maybe she needs more, more strength through this, uh, this blood sperm, I guess. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the idea being that she is another, you know, there are other women who don't give birth mm-hmm. to right. cosmic entities here. And there's gotta be something in common between fake Yosefka and, and Ariana that the um what's her head the nun mm-hmm. like adela yeah um doesn't have you mm-hmm. know um or uh, uh eileen the crow or something like that so you can, I think you can just, make that argument that just makes and uh, that just makes her story so much more tragic mm-hmm. uh, she she's already very tragic yeah i have a lot oh, of but that makes it, uh, i'm literally heartbroken here just thinking about yeah. this mm-hmm. and, and now and the worst part is that you're starting to make sense <laughs> and now i'm coming around to it. <laughs> yeah I, like i i have empathy for annalise i i, oh. I, I really do yeah you know i mean even even if that child isn't you know is isn't ariana um, and that is Annalise in there, which, you know, we don't know because she's wearing that bird mask. Like, right. like, you know, you know, if we if we assume that to be true, who knows if she is seeking this kind of celestial child as a way to make up for the loss of her first one or yeah. something like that. Like there are any number of motivations that you could put in there that are not just straight hubris, even though everything about Gainhurst is hubris defined. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, after you get through that that weird room where mm-hmm. where everyone's eating jewels, um, <laughs> you go onto the ramparts, and that's another thing that I really like about this uh, this level. And I realized I like it a lot in Souls levels is uh, areas that mix indoor and outdoor is something that like speaks to me in these things. Like to traverse this, you can't just go through the building; like you actually have to go outside the building. Mm-hmm. You know, there are areas that are, and you you saw this in uh, in Orlando a lot, and that yeah. that's something I I decided I really like in these levels. So you go out onto the ramparts. Um, <laughs> yeah, and this is where we start encountering these uh, these these lost children of antique and antiquity, kind of blending in with other statuary uh, that yeah. is more conventionally so human. Good. Some some of yeah. which are children too. Like they're 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 statues of, of children, which is weird. But uh, yeah. this is just standing stock still, right out in the middle, and you think, da da da, I'm going to walk by this, and then no, it's going to do a grab attack. It's the closest thing this game has to a mimic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These guys are, um, these guys' designs are really creepy too. Like they're just their heads being too big. Exactly. You know, uh, it it you know. reminds me of the man eaters, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, these guys, they don't show up an awful lot, and I'm kind of happy they don't overuse it. Um, but uh, but yeah, they are uh, difficult to fight, especially if you're not good at um, uh, dodging their first attack. Otherwise, you have to uh, kind of just hope you can soak their gnawing uh, on your skull. <laughs> yeah, they do um, They do grab attacks, which like I've complained about enough on the, the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're big grab attack guys. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times they're positioned in places where you can actually knock them off the ledge they're on by shooting them. <laughs> Yep. Which they, you know, they don't fly. Um, <laughs> I just, I love it whenever something falls off of a ledge in one of these games because it just, it just holds still if they don't have the animation in there, and then it just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my home planet needs me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then there are those, there there are those gifs of enemies in Dark Souls one that have the falling animations. Yeah, but but they they're never seen. Yep. Yeah, that that's like awesome stuff. That um, I don't think Illusory did that, but he first, you know, brought it to my attention. Mm-hmm. That's great. That channeler falling is like one of my favorite things. It's yeah. so goofy. Have you have you seen that, Corey? I have not. No. Someone did an album of all the fall animations from from Dark Souls, and tons of enemies that would never fall have these really goofy fall animations. Like the uh, the mushroom, <laughs> like the mushroom men have uh, really it, funny ones. Really? It's so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll I'll put in the show notes. Yeah, um, absolutely. I can't wait for, to see it. The, yeah, <laughs> it's it's really funny. Um, so so you make your way uh, past here, and then this is where we get our first like, you know evidence that the executioners have uh, have been here because we find a dead one um and we find his clothing yes um so we get the uh the executioner stuff which gets us a little bit of information on these guys and it turns out these guys are a faction like mm-hmm. this is a faction we can join weirdly enough um and uh so they have these goofy th- these goofy helmets and we learn a little bit more about logarius who the more that you read about him makes me think that before the sorry state we find him in was one of the only like purely good characters in the game yeah like Logarius seems like a really solid guy who at least like he believed in, you know, he had the right idea, mm-hmm. even if his movement got infested by crazies. Yeah, kind of co-opted. Right. Like, yeah. and I especially have more more the sympathy for him if 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 they were around before the healing church proper was. Yeah, because his kind of slogan, like, you know, is like I like I always say um, yeah. is is kind of just like the, the mantra for any misguided good doer, I guess. Acts of goodness are, are not always wise and acts of evil are not always foolish. But regardless, we shall always strive to be good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense that he'd be one of the purely good characters when you really think about what ended up happening to him. Like, because yeah. because no, nobody good comes out well. <laughs> yeah yeah he he's a he's a tragic story Mm -hmm. yeah like what happened to this guy is super sad too like this is a real prepare to cry rich area (laughs) um so we go back inside um to this library which is this big kind of multi uh multi-room library reminding me a little bit of um uh uh area yeah Yeah, dukes Dukes, Dukes archives um you don't do quite as much silliness with uh (laughs) moving staircases and stuff but it's a little bit like Dukes, and we're introduced to a couple new um, variants of the enemies we've seen before. And it's worth noting that as you move further on this level, you get more and more aggressive variants of enemies. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the servants and ghosts you find in the first area will not, you know, very first area won't really attack you if you just walk through. Um, here we're running into actually dangerous enemies that are very aggressive, and the density is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah, first, I think, kind I of... think some of that is. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, I keep doing it's okay. <laughs> But I, th- I think some of that is that the, you you really are encroaching on an area where you don't belong. Yeah. And like the farther, the farther you get in, the more, I don't know if it's fair to say answers you get, but the more answers you get, the more it's kind of like these presences are pushing you back. That's like classic horror right there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just really brilliant. Yeah. And, and classic, classic Dark Souls. Yeah. Like that, totally that's a big, classic Dark, yeah. <laughs> classic Dark Souls as well. Like as the difficulty ramps up, they very kindly uh, give you an elevator back to the beginning of the level. So this is <laughs> one of one of our classic Hemwick esque, um, you know, one lantern, one bonfire levels where it's just the concentric circles and then you cut across it. Yep. Again, painted world style. <laughs> um, so the, the different versions we have now, we now have headless ghost, um, who don't attack you. They just paralyze you by screaming. Um, and then, uh, these blowgun servants, which either will do damage or inflict a status effect that I couldn't figure out what it did forever. Yeah. Um, it puts a rune on the back of your neck and it makes enemies that are closer to you more aggressive. Right. So huh. that took me so long to figure it out because most of the time when I got hit by it was when I was on the ladder heading up <laughs> to the various yeah. and it didn't I- matter. But I felt I felt like they I don't know if I ever had that status effect put on me, but I definitely felt like they. Uh, well, yeah, I guess I did. Now I'm remembering it. But <laughs> I felt like it, more more often they would stun me just enough so that the ghosts would hit me. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. totally threw off my timing. Yeah. And one of them could could mask the other like he, they could <laughs> give you that aggressive rune, but you also get stunned for a second and then yeah. they attack you and they would have anyway. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, that's the only time the status effect shows up in the game. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, outside of like something maybe in the chalices that I haven't seen, I can't yeah. speak to that. Yeah. yeah, maybe it pops up there, but I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I just I love that that rune because it's it's an onk, right? That and the yeah. fact that this is Kanehurst makes me think that somebody just like just dropped their White Wolf book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thought, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, the, the the masquerade is strong. Yeah, the um, old world of darkness. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, you also get some of these, uh, some of the um, servants that have the little rapier, which uh, end up yeah. being like the flea men, uh, like we mentioned yeah. from Castlevania. These guys are hard too. <laughs> like these guys are pretty, pretty serious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to do a little bit of like trickery because if you just keep heading upstairs, you know, you kind of dead end until again, like in Orlando, you notice that there's a busted window uh, mm-hmm. that again takes you back outside um, into kind of this other uh, sealed off section of the library. Um, which, uh, which you find the night set here, which, um, that's, this is a, a favorite armor of mine. I think this looks really baller other than the <laughs> wig. It doesn't have a helmet. It has a wig, which I think is silly. What do you um, have against wigs? Everybody loves uh, wigs. I'm more of a Tory guy. Um, boo. No, no. 10 points. I give you yeah. that. No, I'm only, uh, I'm only angry it, because you thought of it quicker than I did. Right. Am I remembering this area, right? There's like a hidden room here too. There's a there's a bookshelf that moves yeah. um, that you have to to open up that allows you to kind of open up the shortcut, so you can go directly from the shortcut to the rooftops with the you know the lead to Ligarius. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm re- remembering it very, a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, I a, what I what I remember. I mean, it's one of, and this this is a, a sign of a good Souls game. But I definitely remember feeling like specifically in this library area, the way that it loops around was a little bit confusing, but like in mm-hmm. a good way. Yeah. One of one of my favorite things about Dark Souls is how everything kind of uh, converges converges on itself as you're as you're navigating through the different areas, and that's something that Dark Souls Two didn't do very well. I liked how in in Kanehurst that happened here, mm, for sure. Like it just kind of the way that, that it's designed to to loop you around. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, and this area. I mean, that's that's the clever like because all like a lot of people who are just like. Uh, you know, oh man, I missed the shortcuts of Souls games. And then we have those like worthless shortcuts that we get in Yarnum and they're like, man, we're back. You know, we're back. Yeah. Miyazaki's back. These are the shortcuts. <laughs> but no, these are the shortcuts that yeah. are 
right the, the here. useful yes. ones. So this is the expression of good shortcutting in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, that painted world shit. Like, just uh, keep looping back, keep bringing you back to familiar areas, but with new access. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just feels good and works. Yeah. Um, you make your way out um, onto the rooftops, and there's kind of a couple more lost children. Um, and a couple of little bits of unsure footing. <laughs> there's there's that one lost uh, lost child that has the red eyes, which I can't really understand. That feels yeah. more difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are these the ones that on. drop down? Um, there's a, these are the ones that yeah these are the ones that drop down because you go get some treasure on one section of the roof yeah. and they they kind of swoop it. Crap out of you. Yeah. <laughs> when whenever a lost children comes on you like that, I call it an amber alert. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the that's the fear you feel. Okay, no points for that. No points. Number alert, alert. <laughs> the, the the ones that drop on you at the kind of the end of that one parapet, like they they, they jump off of that turret. That's yeah. different than the red eyed one, which is just kind of chilling out on the on the slope yeah. of the roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you when when you kind of go from that to needing to like strategically <clears throat> fall and run along geometry that doesn't look like you ought to run run across it, it's yeah. like the game turns into eco for a second. I love it. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, it just, and just, again, it just looks really, uh, evocative. Um, so, so you kind of, you head further up and we get to another sloped roof section and we spot our boss at the end, uh, <laughs> which is uh, martyr Logarius. Logarius reveals himself to you is fantastic. This is a good cutscene. <laughs> Just you have this desiccated hulk of a man who's got a beard as long as himself uh, and no skin on his bones, really. Just kind of animating and with grim resolve standing up and taking out his weapons to fight you. Like this is some kind of weird inverse version of Gwyn. Yeah, he's shaking the, the ice off as well. Yeah. Like, he's literally frozen at parts and just kind of crackles <laughs> as he as he gets up, um, which is super cool. And the uh, this fight is really pretty great, too, Yeah, I think. This is one of my favorites in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't like fighting beasts very much in, in Bloodborne. I like fighting people. <laughs> and this is a really interesting person fight. Yeah. And it's it's a little bit different than what you would expect uh, from, like, the phase kind of standpoint, too, because... When you first start fighting him, he's kind of casting with his uh, with his awesome scythe catalyst these uh, these kind of very kind of like spread shot skull magic missiles. It's the same thing. If you get the um, executioner's glove, which is a hunter's tool, you can shoot mm-hmm. those. Oh, nice! Um, so, and you find that here too. We, we didn't mention it, but mm. that you can actually do that that spell. Nice. Um, the big exploding one that he does. Um, you can't you can you cannot do yeah but but as you whittle him down you know he gets more aggressive but he stops kind of doing his ranged attack so like he goes kind of in the other direction whereas a lot of these will let you get close to them until they force you to be far away um yeah here he's kind of keeping you at distance until he decides to close the distance himself 
And he, yeah, he just gets super aggressive. There, there's some kind of interesting tricks in this fight, too. So, like, halfway through the thing, he casts a spell to buff himself. Mm -hmm. um, and if you uh, if you let him do it, he gains, like, amazing poise. Mm -hmm. Like, you can no longer interrupt his attacks, and you can't stagger him right. um, with that. If you uh, interrupt, though, his buff, um, which you can do by doing a charge attack at his back and getting a, a backstab mm -hmm. on him, um, he will. He no longer has this kind of magical armor on. Yeah. And then you can, um, you know, do visceral attacks on him, which, as far as I can tell, is like so is is <laughs> the way to do it. Like yeah. I beat him without doing it. I didn't realize that trick the first time I played him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it took me like a billion tries. Yeah. And then this new time I'm playing through for the game, I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, I write up that I can interrupt that thing. Yeah. And then he becomes manageable once you realize you can interrupt his attacks. I felt in the like second phase. I felt like a real killer when I fought this guy the first time because I had really gained my confidence with visceral attacks. And that's pretty much how I how I got him down. Like after yeah. only a handful of tries, when a lot of bosses at this point were, you know, requiring a lot more effort out of me. And again, this feels like Gwyn because that's how you take out Gwyn is by yep. is by carrying reposting. This yep. is but, this but, is the only boss fight that I one shot in the game. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Try, that's I, cool. I don't know. I don't know how it happened because I actually I watched friends really struggle with this guy, and I I, I attribute it mostly to luck. Uh, mm -hmm. I did not do a ton of the visceral attacks. Attacks. I think I might have pulled off like one. Uh, it was. I think it was just sheer luck and like as much dodging as I could possibly pull off. But the only one shot I got. It's not necessarily. This isn't necessarily what happened. But um, I'm just just. Uh, I'm not saying this to take away from your glory. Do you know about no, the memory ahead, leak fine. thing? Or th do you know about the memory leak thing? That was in an earlier patch. Yes. Okay. Uh, that that was that was not the case in, in this okay. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I'd never heard of it happening with Lagarius. I just know that my first try at Abritus was memory leaked, and my concurrent tries with you know my subsequent tries with Abritus are nightmares. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I so, remember specifically like like really shutting stuff down and not sleeping in it, or not letting the the PS4 rest or anything like that because of that bug. And I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want anybody to go. Oh, you just cheesed it. And you're a baby. <laughs> Bloodborne's for babies. Don't. don't I, I didn't even know about it. I was like, oh, Abritus is easy, and then no, she's not. No, I, I honestly think, and, and I do remember, like, I was just because everybody had told me, uh, and he does get so much more aggressive as he's phasing. Yeah. Like, like, I just tried to be really, really careful. And in other situations where I would like be a little bold, and I would really go in and try to do like a combo or something like that, I was just slow and steady. Wins the race on this one. Yeah. Uh, but you can, you but can definitely really beat up by attrition that way. Yeah, and I hadn't I hadn't considered the idea that it's a lot like Gwyn, but it, in in a lot of ways it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is cool, except that he's like a flying sword sorcerer, though. <laughs> like he's like Gwyn, except that he has a magic sword he can stick in the ground that summons other swords, <laughs> um, which is which is pretty rad. Yep, um, I which, like that a lot. You, it, when he does that, you can go attack the sword and uh, yeah. kind right. of uh, dispel that AOE. Which you, which you want to do? You can't just fight him because you'll get interrupted by swords because there's no <laughs> there's no poison in this in this game. Um, the uh, yeah, so I mean, essentially just like visceral attacks. But I really like this fight because mm -hmm. again, I always know what's going on. Like it doesn't feel like I'm just stuck in a bunch of particles and, and strips of flesh, mm -hmm. like it does when I'm fighting Amelia or Cleric Beast or, or anything like that. Like it just feels like a one-on-one -on -one fight that you know uses the the mechanics that I've been I've been learning. And I it's, really it's like in it. a cool area too. Like I, I always oh, yeah. love the Souls game. You end up on top of a rooftop and you're having like <laughs> some cool. like that's that's a cool feeling. It kind of it it gave me that same vibe as the first time you encounter the gargoyles and you're up on the rooftop. <laughs> yeah. Except, it, you know, not not quite as uh, 
a chaotic fight as fighting all those gargoyles, especially on medium plus. You know, yeah. of all the Souls games that were going to give this to me, I'm very disappointed that Bloodborne didn't have me fight a boss on the roof of a train. Oh, I guess yeah, if it yeah. were going to happen, oh, <laughs> Bloodborne. Yeah. That would have fit. That would have totally <laughs> like, fit. Like, no, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take it and turn it. Like, imagine you're on top. You you have a boss fight with a very small boss on top of the carriage. With mm. the horses. Yeah, like you, and you're very small as well. Like you get shrunk down. Yeah, it's like it's like a, maybe it's like a bar. It's like a boss larva. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's not so much a fight as you step on something. Well, I I, I feel like you probably get shrunk down. Annalise's size magic, like. Yeah shrinks you down and you have to because we they we haven't let's be fair about this we've never had a level in a souls game where either you get really small or become a giant well, i think, I think what you really need in a souls game is a mix with honey i shrunk the kids yeah I think that's the next <laughs> you need giant land rick of moranis yes <laughs> oh man yeah, prince prince rickard or Rickard of moranis whatever the guy's name is <laughs> Ricard, Ricard Roman- Romanus, <laughs> Ricard Romanus. That's not. That's not. You're correct. actually now you're getting really close to Souls territory. They're gonna steal. <laughs> I'm getting, <laughs> getting, like, so getting close to Ricard Romano. I think we're devolving at this point. Oh, oh no. it happens. It happens every time, man. So. Now, it's good though that we're devolving now because we we have a bunch of lore speculation shit coming up. So oh yes, we do. We can Perfect. be fucking goofy. Let's talk about um, Ligarius though and what he's doing here and what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So he's he's wearing a crown, but it's not because he's a king. No, no, he's wearing a crown so no one else can wear it, <laughs> which is an interesting. Like I never thought about that, but like. That is a good way to keep a crown away from people. <laughs> um, I would have put it in a, in a box, but like he he's wearing it. Um, so what Logarius did was he he showed up here. Um, he found out that you know he led his his executioners. They did their bloody work, like they you know all the things we've seen so far. Um, and there aren't people left in Canehurst really; they're just ghosts. Um, but when he got to Queen Annalise, she is immortal, and we'll meet her in a moment. So he became uh, what uh, Alfred calls as a blessed anchor. Um, he essentially, this is his purpose is to stop you from getting in and stop Annalise from getting out. And he's dedicated his whole life, like countless years. He's become this desiccated, like lich fighter kind of thing. You know, his, his, his will to live is so strong that he's transcended time and and being frozen to death and everything. Cause there's nothing to suggest he's not human. Mm -hmm. You know, when he first, he's, we assume he's a hunter the same way Alfred is. He's just so dedicated. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I guess he is super tall. But I, I get the idea that he's just like he became this, like he's like become this, this vigilance yeah. elemental, mm-hmm. you know, uh, through through this kind of mission <laughs> that he's on, which is don't let anyone get into this thing, which is exactly what we fuck up and do. <laughs> yep, which I love. Yeah. Like, so you read the description on this on this uh, crown, which because armor doesn't matter, I always wear this until I get the cage of Mensis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and it says, you know, this is this is a relic of Kanehurst. Like this is how Kanehurst hid shit about their castle. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like what 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 does he see when he sits upon his throne? Yeah, yeah, we've already been there. Um, <laughs> and he put this on, and then just before you. The, the the walls kind of like strip away, revealing this revealing this passageway to uh you know the real throne. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you make your way up and we we are introduced to the uh the second covenant 
um, <laughs> of the game that we're going to run to. I mean, actually, it might be the first one that we've actually run to in our chronology. Uh, uh, like we talked we, a little we, bit about the Hunter of Hunters. But not how it ends, right? Mm. Did we talk about? Oh, maybe we did. Yeah, we talked about about how you actually join that covenant. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if we did talk about how Eileen's uh, quest line ends. No, it, ha- but, it hasn't ended yet. Yeah. So, yeah, we haven't. This is the first one that you actually have access to in our chronology, mm-hmm. um, even though you know about the other ones. And this actually is two for one because there are very few covenants in this game. <laughs> um, so Annalise is in the throne room here. Um, she's surrounded by statues, like way more than you'd ever have, which I always got the impression that she's creating the illusion of a court for herself, mm. which is even more sad. Like <laughs> there's this... nobody, she has no subjects left. So just fill it with statues of people from your, your kingdom. Okay. So, so two things, Annalise is a really pretty name. Second thing, like everything up to this has been great so far. Everything from Martyr Ligarius on is what makes this my favorite thing. Yeah, this is super cool. Like this is this is great. The way it's just like a real density of character work mm-hmm. that happens, which we don't run into in in Bloodborne. Like fully, like I feel like half of the character work that's done is done in the scene, like in this room, you know, of 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 Bloodborne, because it's like these are the developed stories that are not like the suspicious man <laughs> and you know the the chapel dweller, which have like kind of way more slight yeah. kind of stories to them. Micro arcs. Yeah. So um, she's the, the last remaining Vileblood, and when you get there, um, you have to kneel before her. Yeah. Um, you cannot uh, talk to her until you actually kind of pay her this respect. And if you want, you can uh, partake of her rotted blood and <laughs> join <laughs> the Vilebloods and join that covenant. Hasty blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Again, just a different kind of communion. Yeah. 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 And so the Canehurst Vilebloods, um, these are the closest to the Dark Wraiths. Yes. They have in the game. They just want to hunt other hunters in order to get their blood dregs, aka blood sperm. AKA Do you have to mix it? <laughs> you mean mix it yourself? Like, are you? <laughs> I'm just. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's pre-mixed, dude. <laughs> okay. Um, even though, if like, depending on the scale of that item, if you look at the blood dregs and you actually like see sperm, yeah. that gives me the very disgusting image of sperm that are like visible size. Yeah, yeah. Which grosses me out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. um so so it, it's it's the dark wraiths though yeah um and the way they work mechanically is that you can invade people mm-hmm. um and if you get summoned by or you summon an executioner for help they actually turn out to be hostile <laughs> so those are your blood enemies there and even if you're trying to get help if you accidentally summon an executioner they will fight you yeah. and that's a really cool mechanic um, cause you're, you're asking for help and you can actually accidentally like be, you know, fight an invasion at the same time you fight, you know, you're getting ready to fight a boss. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it also opens up your fourth rune slot cause there are only three runes that go in there and they're dedicated to covenants. And mm-hmm. this is the least useful yeah. of them. Um, I think, but also the, the easiest one to get, mm-hmm. I think. So uh, you might as well put something in there. Yeah. 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 What this one does, is this the one that, uh, uh, heals you of your below one eighth health? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is you get the Canehurst badge, which lets you uh, buy the, uh, the Canehurst set mm-hmm. from, uh, yeah. And also the Chicago and, uh, the Evelyn, which is the, the, the pistol that, uh, yeah. has like the really, the really boosted blood tinge. Yep. 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 Um, one other thing you can do while you're collecting blood drags for her is that if you have, go get the ring of betrothal <laughs> in the chalice dungeons, which is hard to get, um, she refuses, but you can propose to her Yeah, with this thing. And that's kind of some very affecting. It's some very affecting voiceover, actually. 
yeah. because she, like that like that's the first moment where she kind of like recognizes her her situation it seems like like it's you kind of break through the the the, the pageantry and the ruse she set up yeah yeah like she says you know you're very very dear to us but i we can't you know we can't do that yeah. um and the uh you know you are the you are her only subject at this point <laughs> you know so it's just it, man there's something like you run into those people who are formerly nobility or formerly rich still acting as if they have power that they don't have. Mm-hmm. Like there's something very sad to that. Yeah. Um, that this, this kind of recalls um, just the idea that she has to do all this pomp and circumstance, but she's a prisoner and she has no power, Yeah. you know, and is still clinging to this, this idea of finery. It's like when you, you hear about those people who lose their jobs and then they end up like, you know, taking out loan after loan in order to keep up car payments for their fancy car and, yeah. and keep up these images. Like that's kind of, stupid and pathetic but there's also something really sad about it yeah yeah aren't you you bringing her some power when you bring her the 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 blood dregs though like aren't you trying to restore her she wants to get pregnant like she wants to have a baby and the idea is that by gaining enough power she'll be able to have a baby yeah um but it never happens like there's nothing that can ever happen but i think that is the idea Mm -hmm. is that you are getting giving her more power yeah, and like this is supported, you know. If you're going, if you're, <laughs> but, but, if you're, but if you're going out there and bringing her this stuff, you know, consuming enough blood raises you in status and makes you a more likely candidate for uh, for, for this uh, surrogacy from you know for, for, from the great ones, and she sees that as a way to kind of establish her line um, in something that is kind of grander than humanity. But she's definitely been passed over for it, and it's not going to happen. And so yeah. that, 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 that lends even more kind of, kind of just kind of pathos Trash. to this. Yeah. Like, and I, she's got that mask, like that mask could be interfering with things too. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love like, man, give me a magic mask and don't tell me what it does. <laughs> like give me a magic mask that you can't take off. And then like in fiction and then just don't specify what it does. And that's so good. <laughs> like I really, that's just like a fiction trigger for me. Like, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> imprison somebody in a mask. That's great. Um, I really, really love that, yeah. and it's just really creepy looking. Yeah, as as a thing, and and so like this, this again kind of plays into the vampire, you know, myth or story of 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 immortality and kind of like the trap of the dark gift, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, she she's got this, she cannot die, and she is kind of you know even after you kill Logarius, kind of bound to this spot. I don't know if it's by the mask or what, but you know, never just kind of this never ending solitude and reminder of her of her lost glory. Like, I don't see why the vile bloods are any worse than anybody else. And so yeah. like, I immediately have sympathy for her. Yeah. yeah no, I, I always kind of felt like she, it wasn't even that she was stuck there, but like the purpose of a queen is to sit and rule something. Mm-hmm. And the fact that oh, you sure. keep, the fact that you keep coming back to her is what mm-hmm. gives her purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You are acting a, a servant. Yeah. You know, and no matter what happens, even after this next little story beat happens right. and you literally resurrect her, <laughs> um, like she still has these like you still have to kneel to me like it is not. <laughs> I am clinging on to this one little last bit of dignity as hard as I fucking can. Yeah. Um. You know, so so one of the other things we find in this chamber. So this allows you to just open up that covenant. And you can go kill some people if you want. Um, but you find an unopened summons, which is kind of like a, a pass for anybody <laughs> to get here. Um, you know, the summons summons the the uh, the the carriage. It's like the can and, of Coke that gets you into Cedar Point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's your golden, it's your golden ticket. <laughs> if you're from Ohio, you get that reference. <laughs> I, I put it out from from context. Yep. Yeah. Um, Ten points the, for Cedar Point instead of King's Island. Nice job. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's closer, Cedar Point is better. 
Um, <laughs> we we know somebody who really wants to get in here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, somebody who you know, <laughs> in, in the only dialogue tree in the game, has told us about Kanehurst. Yeah, yeah, Alfred, mm-hmm. um, who is our, our Solaire analog, and which they brilliantly subvert um, <laughs> with this. Do they subvert it, or do they play right into it? No, I, th- I, I think, think it's they subverted. Sub- yeah. yeah, it's totally subverted. Solaire would never do this. Okay. Like he would, he would like, I mean, Solaire has a tragic end when he gets what he wants, mm-hmm. but it's not. Oh, okay. They, yeah, like they, the, he, they, they he, twist he's, it. He's being yeah. controlled. Yeah. yeah. Like he, it's a sad thing that happens to Solaire. Mm-hmm. Alfred is kind of a fucking psychopath from the start. <laughs> okay. I get yeah. Solaire's your yeah. bro. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. no matter what happens to him, he's totally your bro. Mm-hmm. I, 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 from the moment I met the dude, I got the sense that Alfred was like, trying to be manipulative hmm. there's yeah there's something that they're doing with him that's a little bit unsavory and like he's not Solaire, a good guy and you can hear it in the voiceover hmm. yeah which he's solaire's voice actor yep which is interesting like they're they're playing on your memories of solaire yeah. to set up this character that you think is just going to be all truth and goodness and like yes solaire goes a little crazy when he gets that bug infection but that's the bug yeah and he he went for the bug because he was you know has his naive idiot quest yeah to so, find his so, own son mm-hmm. yeah. um this guy solar, but that's solaire still your bro Come on. <laughs> okay he is, he is yeah. still my bro okay um this is i was i was i was confusing the tragic end versus like this this is what it was always in his heart to begin with yeah yeah i don't think he got driven crazy i think this is just always what he wanted mm-hmm. um so you give him the the thing and he's like oh thank you and i've heard about their <laughs> their pompous parties yeah, i love that detail so <laughs> <Yeah>. much <laughs> Just, just like those fucking assholes. God, yeah, they're the kids from Rich Kid Camp across the lake. <laughs> Camp Tiger Paw. Yeah, Camp Tiger Claw. Yeah. Camp Tiger Blood across the lake. <laughs> Wait a minute, is like the counselor Charlie Sheen? Yeah. <laughs> Five years ago, high five. Yeah, that, yeah, I was gonna say like that's a very dated reference. Yep. Um, um, hmm. I, but then you go back after you've done it, and this is one of my favorite cutscenes in the game. And again, it has so little to do with the main story, but it's just so good. I'm gonna cut in the dialogue. It is so, it's so creepy. This is horror, Gary. Master, look, I've done it. I've done it. I smashed and pounded and grounded this rotten siren into fleshy pink pulp. There, you filthy monstrosity. What good's your immortality now? Try stirring up trouble in this sorry state. All mangled and twisted with every inside on the outside for all the world to see. Oh, yeah, it's so good. that The line, the, like, every inside on the outside, like, thing. <sighs> for, like, the way for, he for, delivers for, that is so good. For all to see. Like, yeah. it's, like, this is the uncomfortable sexuality, I think, done right. And I feel mm. bad saying that, you, you know, because what he has done is ground her into a still writhing pink pulp in yeah. her. But, but like, there, there, there's something just so unsettlingly violent about that in more ways than just what he did with Logarius's wheel. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is, it is enough to like, it, 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 it chills your blood. Yeah. It, it was violating the dignity mm-hmm. of this creature that we saw is, is holding on to the sad dignity. When you think about it, it's not enough just to defeat a foe. Mm-hmm. It's you have to, uh, uh, castrate them. Yep. You know, you have to disempower 
her entirely. Like, and that's the point. It's like, I can't kill you, Mm -hmm. but I can reduce you to like still living swiggle bits Mm -hmm. that can't do anything. Yeah. And just how into it he is and the way that he, he acts when you, when you talk to him after this, Mm -hmm. like his tone is just so it (laughs) is, it's really gross and you're 100% complicit in it. You are the reason why this happened. Yeah. And that is a great, just like great move on from his part to make you feel like shit. The, the pose that he's in and he's got the pyramid head helmet on. Yeah. You know, and he's got his arms stretched out. He's like in straight Shawshank pose. Yeah. <sighs> Ugh. <laughs> and and he wanted this because now that Ligarius is dead, you know, which he wanted, you know, he wants Ligarius to have died like, yep. and not have this reason to be alive. Ligarius can be a true martyr. Mm-hmm. And that is all that this guy needed. Yeah. You know, he's he's done his thing and he then kills himself yep. at his original kind of the place where you find him. Which I felt no sympathy for. Right. No, not at all. Like any, any other, like in any other Souls game, you you'd encounter an NPC, and if they had like died, you'd sit there and you'd wonder, oh, what happened? I feel so bad about that. But after what you've witnessed, you don't mm-hmm. feel that way. And it's no. it's really strange how like the, the line about Logarius being a true martyr is is really interesting. It it goes to show just how you know just how completely batshit insane Alfred is. But then there's this moment, too, where, like, after you... Fu- because uh, Logarius is, is truly tragic. He, dude's stuck there, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's in the waiting room of hell. But then you find Alfred. He's killed himself. And you can, you can pick up that rune and become an executioner. And it's like, if you do that, what are you signing up for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, it is you the just kind of had thing- this horrible... You, ha- you just got to see the example of what's become of the executioners. Why the fuck would you follow that? <laughs> well, it's not... Like, the thing is, is it's a, it's got that soul's, you know, black and black morality to it. Because as much as we're sympathetic to Annalise, the vile bloods are not good. Right. Like, as a vile blood, you just go kill people for no reason. It's just showing that the people who hunt them with this kind of zeal, you know, those who hunt monsters are doomed to become monsters themselves. Mm-hmm. Like... You you are that like it is it is you are no better because it's the the zeal and the motivation and the kind of like grotesqueness with which you carry out the task that defines it. It's it's a it's a more symbolic version of the fact that the uh, the people of the healing church who might have hunted beasts the most became the most vile beasts themselves. Like what we see Alfred do is far more vile than anything we've seen any of the other like you know just or or inferred that any of the vile bloods did yeah yeah that's why i read it anyway it's no it's it's no good like you know they did not need to be they're no worse than the church they did not need to be uh genocided Mm -hmm. um you know and and you just being a party to that feels gross but i always do it because the rune is better (laughs) 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 it's just such a good rune yeah What's um, what's funny about it too is like you, you you've gone through this quest like this is the PvP quest this is what gets you into a place where you can pick a team. Yeah, <laughs> other than than hunters of hunter hunter of hunters, which is probably the closest to good guys mm-hmm. that you can be in this game, and that's also the hardest one to get, <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about you know soon, probably yeah. next episode. Um, the uh, yeah, and that's and you know that's what happens, but it's not the end. Weirdly enough, they very like kindly give you a way out. <laughs> if you make that horrifying realization that, like, I don't want to be an executioner, um, the rune, which we should mention, uh, makes blood vials heal for more yep. and is significantly more useful than the the corrupt vile blood one. Yep. Um, 
But if you take that queenly flesh, which you can just pick up when you pick that up as an item <laughs> and it just pops up as like queenly flesh, which is, oh, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> well, well, it even says like a pink bit is still writhing in the chair. Oh, man, gross. Um, uh, but weirdly enough, there's a place where you can resurrect her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an area we're going to get to in a while. Um, it's called the Altar of Despair uh, <laughs> behind a very difficult alternate boss. Um, and it's interesting that you have to go to the very kind of upper echelon of the church. Yeah. To do so and use kind of their, you know, their rituals mm-hmm. to do so. And what's funny is when you do that, it says time has moved backwards for this piece of flesh. And yeah. when you go back to her, it's as though nothing happened at all. Yep. And she forgives you right away as long as you kneel. Like as long <laughs> as you show that, you know, that kowtowing oh, to her. Interesting. <laughs> um, it's it's perfect. Like it's it's a really perfect little story. I just I, I like I've been so excited to talk about it, and I recognize all I've done is gush. But like, it, it really is so so wonderfully contained and so wonderfully, I don't know, just like emotional. Yeah, it, it has the bits of a Souls game that you love the most because it is like you said, it's emotional. It has it not only deep lore but its own set of lore. Mm-hmm. But then even mm-hmm. just at like a very mechanical level, the design of the area is just so interesting. And I, 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 you know, phrased this pretty poorly a a little bit ago, but like the way the area loops in on itself and the, the path that it leads you through, it feels like a nice mix of like being led deeper and deeper into madness, but also kind of exploring it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and it just has that vibe of a, a dark souls or a demon souls, which is such a welcome breath of fresh air in, in this kind of Gothic Victorian area that you've been playing around in that is Yarnum. Yeah, uh, mm. it's it's it really is. Uh, it's it's just a friggin masterwork. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. It recalls the best bits of Dark Souls one, like the yeah. super sad stories of Dark Souls one, like the, you know, Solaire and, and, and Sigmire and stuff, which were legitimately depressing character arcs. <laughs> and this recalls that as kind of this, you know, grand opera like Sigmire didn't influence Solaire's sadness. Like those characters didn't really interact with a couple of exceptions like um Big Hat Logan and his apprentice and the like, but they, right. the characters don't really interact. This is multiple characters coming together to form a grander tragedy. And one we don't see even again in Bloodborne, you know, like uh, it's not like uh, German's story isn't sad mm-hmm. to a level, depending on how complicit you you find him, but not like this. Like this is the, the to my mind, the climax of the character work that's in the game. And yeah. it's in this optional side character, you know, level. Oh, and that just, that's neat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still mad Super, German. Yes. <laughs> um, super, super good. I love it. Um, you know, if you, if you haven't, some reason, haven't gone to this area, like, boy, howdy. Yeah, <laughs> that's and that's really interesting. It's totally optional. Yeah, <laughs> they have this amazing part of the game. What a lot of people say is like their favorite part of the game. And it's optional. You could totally skip this. You could I, I have accidentally miss this. Well, I love it when from does that. Like the painted world yeah. is my favorite area in uh, in Dark Souls one. And right. it's again, it's a similar thing yeah. where it's obscure to get to. Like, I love their their willingness to hide their light under a bushel. Like, <laughs> that's brave. Yeah. And uh, I really love that. And maybe that is how they motivate people to play through again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like the uh, or at least look up a fact before you, you know, go into New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's about it for, for this area. Uh, what are we doing next time, Cole? Well, Gary, next time we are going to uh, kind of continue into the game uh, by going to the lecture hall, uh, first floor, and the nightmare frontier. Kind of looking at some of these uh, some of these optional areas still. Yeah, nightmare frontier, my least favorite area in the game. <laughs> um, and we're we're going to be 
joined by uh, Sean the Lore Hunter, um, who you may have seen. You see on our Facebook page, he has his own blog called the Lore Hunter, um, which he started in in the wake of Bloodborne, um, kind of compiling uh, Dark Souls lore stuff and coming up with his own suppositions. And uh, he's really great. So yeah. we're looking forward to having him Agreed. on the show. Corey, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at gamerswithjobs.com. Uh, we do the Gamers with Jobs conference call on every every Wednesday. Uh, I, I probably find it on Tuesday nights, actually. We tend to upload it <laughs> early. Uh, yeah, go there. Join the join the group. Join the forums. Uh, find people to play with. You find a lot of passionate Souls fans there as well. They also play a whole bunch of other games. Uh, yeah. And guys, I got to tell you, like, thank you so much for having me on the show. Not oh, only has it been like educational for me, but it's also reawoken. Like, I want to go back through and play a whole a whole way through uh, Bloodborne again as well. Hmm. And it's just been it's it's nice to. One of the things if you go back and listen to Gamers with Jobs is that there's there's only a few of us who play it and we don't get super deep about it that often because we worry that we're going to bore people. But like, hmm. it's nice to talk to people and have this this shared appreciation for these wonderful awful depressing games <laughs> we, we never it, worry whether we're gonna bore people which isn't the same <laughs> thing as saying we never bore people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's but it's it's really cool to see the community going in and, and putting this much effort and thought into these games and I, th- I feel like that's kind of exactly what the developers want right it's yeah. it's why they are designed the way they are and just talking through this is just such a blast yeah. I'm I'm truly honored to be on the show. Thank you. Oh, yeah. thanks, man. Yeah. We're really happy to have you. Like it's mm-hmm. it's been it's been really fun. And the uh, I remember um, like when I first heard Gamers with Jobs, it was uh, uh, I followed Sean Elliott there. Yeah. For like a, a time that he was he was on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was really cool. So I'm I'm happy to super happy to have you. And it's it's been really fun on our end as well. Rad. So Corey had to go uh, so, so we can do our admin stuff, but uh, we're super appreciative of him uh, kind of coming on here and lending us his time and his, and his insight. Yeah, that was great. Like it was, it was super good. He's somebody who I've had on deck to be on the show the entire season hmm. and uh, just getting, getting scheduled to work out and getting, you know, the correct, like the right place and getting everything to work out just took some time, mm-hmm. not on his end, on our end. Um, as I mentioned, the show moves really slow. Um, but the, uh, I was really happy that we were finally able to, uh, to hook up with them yeah. and everything. And we did it like, right in time like dudes is uh getting married in a, in a week <laughs> so he i mean he, he talks about that on twitter i'm not a yeah you know um it's not a telling tales out of school but um <laughs> it was very kind of him to, to share his time with us yeah oh, what a fun time um and just like boy it doesn't help that or it doesn't hurt that it was like the area of the game i'm most enthusiastic about <laughs> me too i don't want to i'm not saying it to like fuck over sean when we talk to him <laughs> next time <laughs> we all i just had to gross about how terrible nightmare frontier one is <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I've been uh, just kind of like I started assembling the notes for this earlier than I usually do because I've been so excited about it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. And here's this other angle. And I'm just at work doing Googles for like Kane Hurst Thumerians. Yeah. Can, can, can you can you just not wait to just like be like, here's a place where Amigdala lives. And, then, like, and that's it. It's a big brown expanse. <laughs> Might have something to do with Loran. Who knows? Yeah, like it. It, it is. Boy, I don't like that area. Mm. Um, but anywho, I mean, the boss fight's good. Yeah, but <laughs> the uh, we'll 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 talk about it at length. The lecture hall is <laughs> cool too. I like the lecture halls. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so um, just kind of doing some some admin stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're doing next time. We still have a couple of special episodes in the can, or uh, in not in the can, in the uh, in the pike. <laughs> yeah, it goes from pike to can. Um, the <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's dirty. Um, <laughs> so, so, so we have uh, that's where the blood drags go. Uh. The, the blood drags go from pike to can. Oh man, um, <laughs> you made me sad with that, Gary. It's the summer of blood drags. <laughs> Um, the, uh, it's the year of the blood frog. The blood frog. <laughs> um, like, uh, like the blood frog. Um, yeah. So what, uh, what can people do uh, admin wise to help us out and the like? <laughs> well, if you uh, dipped out for the dark souls two season, um, or our, our dark souls two reprise, I guess let's say here um, and are just hopping back on for the bloodborne train uh, in the intervening time, we have actually uh, revised our Patreon campaign with a bunch of cool stuff. So go to patreon.com slash and see some of the new reward tiers. Um, a couple of them have to do with our other show, abject suffering, which we really, really love, but, um, some of them have to do with like becoming a part of the community. Like we have a Slack channel now. Yeah, which is really fun. And there's uh if you want to talk to us about Dark Souls 3 spoilers, <laughs> uh, no. But if you want to talk to people about Dark Souls 3 spoilers, there's a whole channel set up for that. So you can talk about it. It's not like throwing stuff on our Facebook page and we're going to get cranky at you or not <laughs> read it. Here's where you a dedicated place to talk to people about Dark Souls 3 stuff. Um, and they're all, you know, really emphatic fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that they have amazing insight that I'll catch up on months and months of once I actually beat it. <laughs> yep. Um, which I, I probably won't do. But it is a really fun. Uh, one of the things that's kind of related to the show is that um, we're, we have that Lovecraft episode coming up at some point mm-hmm. we're planning. And I'm going to do a Slack book club thing where we're going to read um, probably in a week. We'll probably, I'm going to start uh, read The Shadow Over Innsmouth. And have a Slack channel to discuss, you know, kind of an ongoing book chant book club, and then we'll kind of rotate that out probably for some other Lovecraft stuff, uh, some of it related to Bloodborne, and that way we can all talk as we go through, you know, my favorite uh, horror author. Awesome. Um, yeah, so just stuff like that. It's a fun, good, fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ways that you, you know, that change too. I advise you guys to check it out. And uh, if you're not able to help us out financially, I understand that. Um, if you buy things on Amazon, if you go to duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar, um, we get a cut of that. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it makes a big difference. It mm-hmm. you know pays for a lot of our expenses. Um, and then the other thing you can do if you don't shop on, Am- on Amazon and don't have money for our Patreon or choose not to uh, did- donate to it, um, you can also just kind of rate and review us on iTunes mm-hmm. or uh, blog about it or Twitter about it or uh, do anything like that because that helps us out a lot yeah well. share, share us on forums and things like that like word of mouth is really all that we have we've dipped into some some advertising in the past and it has not been nearly as effective as just kind of the natural um growth that you guys provide by being so kind as to yep. spread the word yeah so start start those reddits <laughs> and the like about it um that's that's really appreciated dig it uh stumble upon um do, you know do all those things put us on your tribe um <laughs> yeah. friendster yeah, friends through us. Zanga. Um, Zanga. Yeah. <laughs> do do all those things um, for us. But uh, above all, what is the one thing that they should do, Cole? Oh, man, I didn't look at the dialogue, Gary. Uh, they should you just, just just cut Annalise a break. That's probably it. Yeah. You should kneel. <laughs> kneel. Um, <laughs> hello. Who, who is Zudok? We all pray that we will have far more soon. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm Neil. I'm Candy Free. <laughs> Just Neil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>